The VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 684, recorded on May 20th, 684th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast, the 517th edition of the Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzel. I am Scott Dirk. And I am John Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry and a gaming flashback. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing, and we'll do this really briefly. Um, this might surprise you. I've been playing Jade Empire. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I decided Our to just... Game? Yes, I decided to download it again, because I played that game a, a metric ton of times, you know, a long time ago. I think it was released, what, 2005? Anyways, and I wanted to see if it still held up, and wow, it really holds up, especially since it's automatically upscaled on the Xbox Series X. The funny thing is that when you get the cutscenes, they're all blurry because they're all low-rent low video, and then it just snaps to really detailed art when when it's in-game engine. And for those who don't know... For those who think that Knights of the Old Republic had a great twist in it, wow, big deal. You are Revan. I saw that coming. This is a game that's almost 20 years old. I refuse to give away the plot twist. I'll only say that when, it, when I first played it, it made me say aloud, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> it is that shocking a plot twist. I did not see it coming. But the best part is if you play it over again, with the knowledge of the twist, you go, oh, I see. And everything that happens in the game, you thought was for one reason? No. You can see how it's helping the other they person. They do hint at it a lot. They hint at it a lot. There's a lot of things that happen that you have assumptions about, and then you find out your assumptions are all wrong. But yeah, uh, Jade Empire. And, you know, there was always talk about a Jade Empire too, but still not around. I hope they make a Jade Empire 2 soon. It really deserves a sequel. Hmm. Anyways, what have you been playing? Uh, was that at me? Sure, why not you? Oh, okay. Uh, Zelda. Nothing but Zelda. All Zelda. All I should have known. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but both me and TJ have been playing the Tears of the Kingdom. It's a, it's a big, new, f- fantastic world. Full of uh, full of creativity and, uh, and fun quests to do with it. And it's interesting, like this. And can, everybody everybody has such a vastly different experience based on like where they went, how much they focus on construction, how much they uh, do with like whether they're on the surface world, the sky world, or the underworld. There's so much. As they're like like Scott. He, he, like what have you what have you been up to in it, Scott? Well, I've been doing the shrines. I've done about I guess like a handful of them. I, I did the you know I did the whole sky tutorial. Then it came down to the ground, and I just went off in my own direction, which is really great because this game totally allows you to go wherever you want. You know, even into areas that are far too deadly for you to handle. You can uh, take them on if you feel like it. 
and you can build all these strange contraptions and inventions and and it's crazy some of the stuff I've seen people do they're building giant death lasers and uh you know it's just it's this really big world again and it's just fun to get lost in the world again just to you know not even be sure where stuff is and you're like what is this what does this do and you trying to figure things out and um you know so i haven't really gotten that far but it's uh it that's just because there's so much to explore you know and i'm collecting stuff and i'm trying out recipes and i'm really having fun with the whole fuse mechanic using different items together and getting different kinds of weapons that's been a lot of fun too the level of action and reaction in terms of physics and properties of every single ingredient and object is astounding i just finished watching a video a moment ago where a guy like there's a there's a fruit called a called a dazzle fruit that it's basically like a flashbang grenade Mm -hmm. and uh if you uh if you throw it down in front of a moblin they'll be blind so i watched this guy uh throw it in front of a moblin to blind him they dropped their weapon the player picked up their weapon and attached a time bomb uh it's like there's this there's this machine called it's just straight up a time bomb and they attached the time bomb to their weapon with the fuse mechanic and then dropped it on the ground again so the moblin picks it up it explodes and launches them off a cliff like there is so much looney tunes shit in this game it's hilarious that's one of my favorite mechanics now is being able to attach anything to the bow and arrow like there's the uh creole bat eye that are becomes like an automatic homing missile and it'll hit whatever. Oh, and there's actually missiles lying around. I, mm-hmm. I, I found some just laying around like a nuke from Fallout. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's a <laughs> rocket and you can yeah. attach it to anything. That's crazy. It's just all this crazy stuff that's just laying around and you get to play with and just see what happens. Yeah. People are going to be playing this one for years. The amount of things that you can do in it and the way that you can, like, kind of... I mean, you you saw stuff where people were breaking Breath of the Wild frequently by subverting its physics. People are already doing that with Tears of the Kingdom, and it's only been out for two weeks. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing, all the stuff that they're doing. And I think, like, you know, I always wonder uh, when they players do crazy things is is this what the devs were envisioning people would do and i always just wonder if they're ever like surprised at what people do i cannot imagine that they suspected that people would have such a good time creating torturing devices oh yeah yeah crucifying <laughs> clocks burning them doing all sorts of crazy stuff the first time i found one I was trying to figure out how to do the quest, what the guy, what the cork wanted, or how to get it over there. And I just attached it to the side of a beam, and I just put it on the rail, and we went across while he's hanging over, just playing expansive air, going, this is what they wanted, right? <laughs> well, you know, in um, uh, Star Wars, the Phantom Menace Obi-Wan, that game, you could murder everybody in the game. Mm. Obi-Wan, murder everybody. Of course, people went on murder sprees, uh, killing Gungans all over the place, but you could murder anybody you liked in that game, including oh. quest givers. And there you are, Obi-Wan. Yes, I'm a, a Jedi, but you know what? I'm just going to kill everybody who, who I see. I'm now serial killer Obi-Wan. Yeah, you can't kill everybody in this one, but, uh, like... Funny if you could kill Zelda. I couldn't... 
like I don't I I don't make elaborate machines to mess with Koroks, but I wasn't in the mood to deal with one of them. There's a whole bunch of them that are just like have these giant backpacks and they need to get to their friend and you have to lug them along. I just didn't feel like it, so I took three rockets out, put one going straight up, uh, and then put one going forward and one going backwards. And you know those like you know those fireworks that when you light them they like spin and shoot sparks in every direction like a like a blossom. They're pinwheels, yeah. That's basically what it was. I turned the Kurok into a pinwheel with three nice. uh, rockets. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of games that are coming out soon, which I am really excited for. Uh, one is Railroad Railroad um, Empire 2, which is coming out in a couple of days. And I am really looking forward to it. I would be pre-ordering it, even if it wasn't on Game Pass. And then Town of Salem 2 is coming out in four days, which I'm looking forward to. Four days from today, which is the 20th. Actually, today nice. is the 22nd. That's completely wrong there. For those who are wondering, it's the VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 684, recorded on May 22nd, 2023. Um, and, of course, uh, there's another game coming out, which we actually are basing the uh, uh, the gaming history on. So our gaming history is System Shock. System Shock is a 1994 first-person action-adventure video game developed by Looking Glass Technologies and published by Origin Systems. It was directed by Doug Church with Warren Spector serving as producer. The game is set of sort of space station in a cyberpunk vision of the year 2072. Assuming the role of a nameless security hacker, look at you, hacker, uh, the player attempts to hinder the plans of a malevolent artificial intelligence named Shodan. Uh, System Shock's speedy engine, physics simulation, and complex gameplay has been cited as both innovative and influential. I, I, I'm going to say this right now. I want you to notice the date there of System Shock. 1994. For those of you who don't know this, Doom came out in 1992 or 1993. So right. um, this is building an emerging gameplay from games such as Ultima Underworld, The Stygian Abyss, and Underworld, Ultima Underworld 2, Labyrinth of Worlds, by streamlining the mechanics into a more integrated whole. Critics praised System Shock and hailed it as a major breakthrough in the genre. It was later placed on multiple Hall of Fame lists. The game was more of a com- moderate commercial success, with sales exceeding 170,000 uh, copies, but Looking Glass ultimately lost money on the project. By the way, uh, this was the first game by a Looking Glass, um, and they would make the other System Shock and Thief, and actually a, a really nice um, un- uh, Flight Unlimited game, too. A uh, sequel to System Shock, titled System Shock 2, was released by Looking Glass and Irrational Games in 1999 to further acclaim and awards, and oh, by the way, System Shock 2 is the mother of all of an entire genre that goes from Bioshock to Prey to to other games. If there's a game in which it's a first-person sh- uh, role-playing game and has uh, audio logs, it's System Shock 2. It, it, it came from System Shock 2. Uh, one of the first projects Night Dive Studios did to, following the acquisition of the rights was to develop System Shock Enhanced Edition, which was released in uh, Good Old Games on September 22nd, 2015 for Microsoft Windows. Um, here's the thing. The game did not age well. Just just for those who know, you, even the Enhanced Edition, which makes better use of the mouse, it's very hard to control. Uh, shortly after the release of Enhanced Edition, Night Dive Studios announced their plans to develop a reimagining of System Shock for the Microsoft Windows, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. You can improve art assets and other improvements, reworking the game to use the Unreal Engine 4 game engine, 
The game is multi- uh, delayed multiple times until a planned May 30th, 2020, uh, 2023 release. That is just now. That's this week. This I did not know, though. A planned live-action television series based on System Shock was announced in October 2021. The game will be made for Binge, a video game-centric streaming service. I don't even know if that still exists. Uh, to be produced by Alan Unger with Night Dive Stephen Kick and Larry Cooperman serving as executive producers. In January 2022, it was announced that Greg Russo, screenwriter of Mortal Kombat, has been tapped to write, direct, and executive produce the series. Um, uh, one other thing that was released just today, the System Shock 2 Enhanced Edition, which doesn't really... Uh, it, it just makes it more palatable for modern machines and upgrades the resolution. It's not, it's, it's not going to be like this System Shock coming to... I would not be surprised if there was a Kickstarter announcement for a System Shock 2 remaster. Yeah. Also, there's a System Shock 3, but no one knows what's going on with that, and I'm treating it like Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2. I don't think it's ever going to be released. We'll see. It was in, like... It's gotten caught up in a lot of different licensing hands, and, like, to the point where, like, I'm not even entirely certain who owns the licensing to System Shock 3 anymore. Electronic Arts. Do they? Yeah. Cool. Hold on, because the last I heard, it was a company that was like a subsidiary of Tencent. Really? Well, um, it's officially dead at Warren Spector Studios, so yeah, it's not with Electronic Arts anymore. It's up to Tencent, concerns Night Dive, and Night Dive is working on it as well. They might as well do all the system shocks, I guess. So, still, yeah. they, they have to they have to deal with System Shock 2. I wonder if they're going to do a uh, rematch. Uh, a remastering like the one that's about to come out for System Shock 1. And I'm not in a hurry to have System Shock 3 anyway. Yeah. I mean, like, we might see a resurgence for it if the if if Night Dive sticks the landing on this one. I hope so. It looks pretty good. Um, I wonder if they're still going to have the VR. I mean, the, the oh, the uh, System Shock 2 Enhanced Edition, I think that's supposed to have a VR option. Interesting. We'll see. But yeah, um, I I didn't really play much of the first System Shock. I played the hell out of System Shock too. So the, the the version that's coming out on May 30th, I'm looking forward to. I backed it, and you know the thing is, I didn't. I never played the demo. I refused to play the demo. I have stayed away from the demo as well because I've never actually played any of the System Shock games and I kind of want to go into Night Dive's version. Well, then guess what? The Enhanced Edition of System Shock 2 will be perfect for you because it'll... See, the System Shock 2 used the Dark Engine from Thief, which means everybody looks like badly created origami. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll look more like people in System Shock 2. And they're... What's funny is that um, the game tries to make it a plot twist that Shodan is involved, even though she's on the fucking cover and they talk about her in the uh, in the opening credits. She's on the cover and you talk about her in the opening uh, scene. Yeah, what a shock! She's in it, but the way she appears is the shock. Anyways, we have some quick the system news. shock. System shock. Yeah, this <laughs> Shodan. Yeah, okay. Uh, some okay. So some quick news: uh, Mortal Kombat One system requirements show it'll be another 100 gigabyte install. Um, that's one of the news uh, that's fresh, is that Mortal Kombat 1 was announced. So, TJ, your opinion on Mortal Kombat 1 so far? They're going back to, uh, they're doing another reboot 
sort of to the timeline. Kind of, kind of, sort of. It's not kind really of, a reboot. Of. It's still, it's still a sequel to Mortal Kombat 11 because, like, the spoilers on a mm, several-year-old game at this point. <laughs> at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Liu Kang becomes a god, and uh, he becomes a god of time, and decides he's going to try to create the perfect timeline. Well, I guess that's Mortal Kombat 1. So, you know, he's going to say, oh, I'm going to make it 1. Forget 12. I'm starting from the beginning. Yeah. And so by the time that we get to here, Mortal Kombat 1, uh, it looks like Shang Tsung is coming back to screw up, try to screw up everything that uh, Liu Kang has built. Yeah. Uh, 100 gigabytes isn't that big a shock. I think Mortal Kombat 11 was sort of 100 gigabytes uninstalled, too. I don't remember. The really funny part is that Nintendo Switch is listed as a uh, platform. You can bet they're going to do some streaming. <laughs> I Stream that feeling... sucker. Stream that sucker. Mortal Kombat 11 on Nintendo Switch was a was was complete crap. <laughs> for lack of better words, like it was a stripped down visual version of the game, and then it played like garbage. And that was after a delay. I have a feeling that we're going to be writing about a delay on uh, Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch. Well, we already when, talked uh, about last week when we said, oh, by the way, there's not going to be a Switch version of uh, of Midnight Suns. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that we're going to be writing about a delay on Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch and then eventually a cancellation of that version. Because, like, we'll, we'll there's have some, no way. Well, We'll have some more uh, developers who develop PSDD from it. I, fir- I first found out about that last week, and that someone actually, a developer, uh, developed PSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from, from the violence. Although I, I'm pretty sure it was also helped along by the brutal work conditions, because uh, Mortal Kombat yeah. 11 was was notable, noted for having really bad crunch. Yeah. And... That I'm halvesies on the I'm halvesies on the fatalities because everybody says that's what Mortal Kombat is all about, but I don't know. Like the the they used to be like cartoonish and now they're like yeah, and they have to look at actual you know people who have been people who have been torn apart and animals that have been torn apart. They do all this why why you don't need to. You don't need to. Just make it fantastic. Yeah. That's why I, that's always why I've kind of liked Injustice's finishing moves more because like they're they're still brutal, but they're also like they t- they tie into like the the sort of sensibilities of that universe, and like nobody really ever dies from a super in Injustice. Oh well. Hey, oh look. <laughs> In Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, um, Green uh, the heroes had brutalities, and one was Green Lantern putting someone in a in their uh, in their green in a green sphere, and then shrinking it down to the size of a beach ball. Don't tell me that isn't a fatality, and that is brutal. Sure, but that's like cartoonish, though. Yeah, they don't get up. All the other brutalities, they do get up. They don't get up. Anyways, you know, they just focus on babalities and friendships. and. I mean, you talk about that, and that sounds like Green Lantern stuffing somebody into a ball and then turning it down to the size of a beach ball at least count, sounds kind of funny. 
in the first trailer we got for Mortal Kombat, Shang Tsung shoves his thumbs into Katana's eyes. <laughs> it's like there's nothing comedic or like funny about that. It's just kind of cruel and and brutal. I don't know. I like the brutality in Sniper Elite because you know who doesn't like watching a bullet go through some Nazi's brain. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, somewhere along the way, Mortal Kombat lost the sense of like over the top in terms of like, chasing to be like the most realistically physical game ever. On that note, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, Street Fighter Six videos coming out, and I actually uh, did my um, reserving of uh, Street Fighter Six on GameFly because now you can pre-order it. You're gonna play Street Fighter Six when it comes out. Sure, why not? I mean, I enjoy Injustice 2 a lot. I, I don't play it much anymore, but I'll see about it. I played uh, Street Fighter 4, and it was sort of okay, but, you know, it we'll see. There's going to be a lot of story to play around with this time around. Oh, yeah, that's well, the reason, the actually, World because of the World Tour is the reason why I'm I'm reserving it in Gamefly. Yeah. Because I don't want to deal with other people. Yeah. I am a hermit. I don't want to I don't want to have to deal with other people. I just want to deal with a computer who I can say, okay, you're on easy mode now. Uh, next, uh, this was a continuation of an article we had. Indie Studio warns other developers after being unable to claim its own name on Discord. Uh, Indie Studio Rusty Lake, who did uh, puzzle adventures like Rusty Lake Hotel and White Door, found Rusty Lake was already taken. So yeah, that, that decision to have everybody have their own unique uh, username on Discord is not working out. And it huh. wasn't... People, it, it, this was something that was predictable. <laughs> yeah, this is a very interesting one. Like... <laughs> You try to come up with something creative, and then you get when it comes to marketing, you get kind of shellacked. I'm pretty sure someone already took Rusty Venture. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we're going to move on to game news. You can take this, TJ. Mortal Kombat 1's DLC fighters seem to have leaked from Kotaku. According to a now-deleted Amazon listing for the recently revealed Mortal Kombat 1, it appears as if some popular and violent superheroes will be joining the upcoming fighters' character roster via DLC. Officially announced on May 18, after weeks of teasers and rumors, Mortal Kombat 1 is the next major installment in the long-running ultraviolet fighting game series. Based on the now-tweaked Amazon listing, the upcoming DLC fighters will be Peacemaker, Homelander, Omni-Man, Ermac, Takeda, and Quan Chi. Uh, Peace, Peacemaker, Homelander, and Omni, Omni-Man are, guest, are all guest characters from outside Mortal Kombat. Omni-Man is most famously from Amazon Prime's am, animated uh, superhero show, Invincible, which is based on the comic series of the same name. Homelander is from The Boys, another super show, superhero show based on a comic series that also airs on Amazon Prime. And Peacemaker is a DC anti-hero villain who recently starred on a, a TV show and was portrayed by John Cena. You know, Peacemaker was from the old Charlton comics. Um, so what happens is that uh, when Alan Moore made Watchmen, he took those Charlton comics and made different ones, like Dr. Manhattan is actually, you know, uh, Captain Atom. Um, uh, Peacemaker, it was turned into the comedian. Wasn't uh, Peacemaker also in Suicide Squad? Peacemaker, yeah, uh, he's like I said, he's a he's a DC character, he's a Charlton character that was brought over to the um, 
to DC Universe because DC owned them and said, what are we going to do with these people? We're going to do with Blue Beetle. What are we going to do with the question? What are we going to do with these people? I said, oh, you know, we'll just incorporate it into our universe. And Peacemaker was the 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 superhero who would use guns to to make sure we have peace. Hmm. That's always ironic, isn't it? Yeah. I'll give you peace by killing you. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm guessing uh, I know Quan Chi. That's a that's a Mortal Kombat character. I'm not sure I know Ermac and Takeda. Uh, Ermac is the uh, Red Ninja. Which uh, his whole deal is telekinesis, so he uses a lot of like. Was he? Picking yet, enemy. Was he originally yet another uh, color, color palette swap for Sub Zero slash Scorpion? Yeah, I think he was in Mortal Kombat three or or, or Ultimate Mortal Kombat as a uh, as a secret character. Um, he uh, yeah, but yeah, his whole jam is he uh, uses telekinesis all over the place. Um, they expanded him out a little bit in Mortal Kombat X to where, like, he houses the souls of, like, thousands of warriors inside of him. <laughs> um, okay, Takeda yeah. was a successor to Scorpion. He's from Scorpion's clan, but he uses, uh, he uses, like, these, he has, like, this, this technological suit, and it has, like, uh, What's the word? It has like cords that shoot out from the wrists, and those cords have blades hidden in them. He actually shows uh, his face. Yeah, he uh, he showed up in Mortal Kombat X as like a new character, and a lot of people loved him. I liked him too. I wish he I'd wish he'd been in Mortal Kombat 11. So I'm glad to see him come back. Um, very interested to see Homelander and Omni Man in the same DLC pack. That seems a bit much because like they're not the same character, but they do have a lot of the same powers. Well, we only know that they're going to be DLC. We don't know if they're all going to be in the same pack. Yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Jagged Alliance three gets July 14th launch. This is from game Rant. Jagged Alliance three, the sequel to one of the most hardcore turn-based strategy RPGs ever, has finally announced its officially really official release date. Soon, Steam players will be able to try out this new title for the first time after waiting almost 20 years for the game to be released. The sequel to 1999's Jagged Alliance two was originally announced back in 2004. It was the start of a long series of failures to in releasing the awaited title. Initially, the game was would be developed by the Russian developer Mistland South. However, Strategy First, the company that actually owned the IP, decided to develop it internally in the following year, changing its mind again in 2006, outsourcing it once more, and eventually canceling the game. The IP changed hands a few times until THC Nordic finally got it in 2015 and announced the current version of Jagged Alliance 3, which has been in development for quite a while now. Now, Jagged Alliance 3 finally has a release date, July 14, 2023. Strategy game is like XCOM, but with an important twist, as players won't be able to see their hit percentages before attacking. This makes for more unpredictable gameplay as it ramps up uncertainty. Uh, according to the game's team page, Jagged Alliance 3 will have a huge cast of over 40 mercenaries that will engage in rich tactical turn-based combat in the land of Grand Chien a country full of natural resources and political divides. 
this the beast mercenaries can be customized and the player will be able to control several territories defending their land against uh, enemies and deciding the fate of the nation via tactical battles you know they're kind of wrong when they say the big twist is that you can't see your hit percentages no 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 the big twist is that you can't really tell them what to do they'll only follow your orders if they agree with you yeah it looks like that's going to be like they they're going all out on this i was really happy to see that they brought the original creator in to continue on the, to to like advise and help make sure that they got the uh, tone and feel right of this game like ian curry was like jack alliance one and two are damn good they're yeah, i was one of the beta testers I was one of the beta testers on Jagged Alliance too. You can see my name in the credits. Yeah, and like, but like, there have been some bad Jagged Alliance <laughs> games after Jagged Alliance two, and Ian Curry was never involved with any of those. They, yeah, uh, notably, they didn't have numbers on attached to them. Yeah, so to see them going as far as to bring him back to the series to make sure they get it right this time, I, I have full faith in this game, and I'm really excited to see it finally come out. What were the other ones? Uh, besides, uh, Jagged Alliance Deadly Games, uh, Jagged Alliance 2 Unfinished Business, Jagged Alliance 2 Wildfire. Um, then they had Jagged Alliance 3D, which was not exactly uh, Jagged Alliance 3. <laughs> yeah. I like Strategy First. You know, I thought they were gone, but they're still around. And you can buy some really popular games for like five bucks. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to try out, oh, if you want to try out the first Jagged Alliance, you can buy it from Strategy uh, Strategy First for $2. There is no reason not to get the first Jagged Alliance. Just two bucks from Strategy First. I've uh, I've played the the first one, one a couple times. I've tried to, anyways. It's a difficult game to... Uh... Until you get the sniper, then everything's fine. Well, it's a difficult game in the terms of just how much controls there are. Like, I wish I had the strat- I wish I had the the booklet that probably came with the game, because it was probably like a dictionary. Well, I th- I'm pretty sure that the strategy first, uh, what the strategy first thing comes with a PDF. Sure, but like, I don't know, because then I have to have that pulled up on a screen somewhere. Oh, no, just while print I'm out. Looking just at print it out. I mean, come on. Print it out. <laughs> Jonah, those guides back in the day were like 150 pages long. I'm sorry, Jagged Alliance from Strategy First is a buck fifty. Plus, uh, plus, uh, plus twenty dollars for printer paper and ink. Right, Rudy Linkside Roberts. Uh, he's one of the most expensive. He's thirty three hundred, but he has a marksmanship of ninety nine. He will not miss. I did like scanning through the uh, the mercenaries that you could hire in the first game and just reading their, uh, their, their... They all have personalities. And like I said, some of them hate each other and will not work together. Yeah, there's like one that's like Dr. Death or some shit, and he's like a <laughs> hardcore badass, and but he won't work with anyone else. <laughs> yeah. And he also costs like... I think somewhere around ten thousand dollars. You also have to you also have to uh, have to unlock a lot of these uh, these guys too. Yeah, you have to build up your reputation, or, not, or they won't even uh, give you a chance to court them. So it's a dollar forty nine for Jagged Alliance and a dollar sixty nine for Jagged Alliance Two Unfinished Business. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, that reminds me, I always really enjoyed the Disciples games. They they actually released the new Disciples game the other. 
past year or two. And not a lot of people know that series, so it's sort of like, what is this? It's like Heroes of Might and Magic, except anime. Nice. Anyways, yeah, Dragon Alliance 3, uh, if, if you really like XCOM, this is where XCOM came from, because Dragon Alliance came out, released by the same company. Um, both were uh, Microprose games. Mm-hmm. Which is also where a lot of Sid Meier's games came from, too, uh, like Railroad Tycoon and other stuff that, that he did. Pirates. Yeah, Microprose was really good at back in the day, back in the 90s. I miss Microprose. Yeah. Anyway, our next news item. Sony is sticking to its current PC strategy for PS5 exclusives, and this comes first from IGN. Sony is taking PS5 exclusivity for its first-party titles very seriously, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan says the company is sticking to its guns with its current strategy of not launching PC versions of its games on day one. In a recent interview with Famitsu, uh, Ryan dismissed the idea of releasing PC uh, versions of PS5 exclusive games, such as Guard of War Ragnarok, on the same day they launch on PS5 proper, saying porting them over to PC two or three years after the fact has been working out well for Sony. Uh, Xbox head Phil Spencer has criticized PlayStation for its staggered PC release schedule, pointing out that customers are forced to pay an exorbitant amount for the PS5 or PS4 in order to play the games designed exclusive for those consoles and then have to pay up for the PC versions years later. Meanwhile, Xbox is the only platform that releases games on console, PC, and cloud simultaneously, especially on Game Pass. I don't think Nintendo releases any games on PC anymore. No, they haven't done anything on PC for a long time if they had. Yeah. Uh, I remember back in the like back in the day, you, they used to do those edutainment day games oh, when they god. were partnered up with uh, Philips CDI. Oh god! <laughs> Excuse me, princess. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, hey, it's, it's I do agree that Sony's PC strategy is dumb because who the hell doesn't want to play God of War Ragnarok on PC day one if they can? Are they scared if they sell for $70 on PC, people will get angry? They'll get angry, but they'll still buy it. I, th- I get the feeling that if they... I have a strong feeling that PlayStation believes that if they sell God of War Ragnarok on PC on day one, then uh, people won't buy as many PS5s for is, God of War Ragnarok. Is that the same logic that uh, people won't buy a PlayStation because there's no Call of Duty on it? I have no idea, but like they are on, they are doing well in terms of PS5 sales right now. They've pretty much these last two quarters have in been Europe, because they, they have Europe. strong. What? Well, in Europe, yes. Basically, uh, sales are even in the United States for the most part. Um, but well, I will I'm say about worldwide. These I know. I, tell you, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, PS5 have been super strong because guess what? <laughs> There's no more. Pay- uh, here's the thing, though. Um, did you know that NVIDIA is going to be releasing an 8-gigabyte uh, RAM version of their 4060 for $400? Yeah. I, there's a lot of people who are saying, wow, that's super cheap. And there's a lot of people saying, wow, that's super cheap. <laughs> yeah, which nice change of pace from the super hard-to-get 3080s that were like, I guess – no, now that cards I think about are, card it, prices have been dropping, but still, I'm yeah. not gonna pay a thousand bucks for for a 32 gigabyte 4070 DGT or something like that. Yeah, I will say this: I'm looking. I'm probably gonna build a new computer because this one's getting a little bit long in the tooth. So we'll see. Either way, like 
I think I think this is one of the places where Xbox is right to criticize PlayStation, PlayStation because like it sucks having all those exclusives tied into the PS5 to, it, when they have clearly so many people that would love to play their games on PC. Every PC game that they port that they put out, even the bad ones have sold well. Like Horizon Forbidden West was horribly optimized for PC. It was a bug fest, but people still bought the shit out of it. Did you see the uh, Barton Homer and Flanders version of uh, God of War, the mod for the PC version of God of War, which made uh, Kratos, uh, <laughs> Homer Simpson, and and um, oh fuck, what's his name? Yeah, it was Balder. He he, they Balder did the, like the Balder yeah. fight. <laughs> does does uh, does Sony Santa Monica know that Balder is basically Jesus? I don't think they uh. do. <laughs> Balder is Jesus. Do they know I this? Every, I think every god in the God of War universe. No, 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 no. no. Literally, it's it. literally Balder is Jesus because um, if you know anything about uh, Christians got their whole their hands on a Norse mythology. So basically, Ragnarok is getting rid of all the old gods, and the only one who survives is uh, Balder, who rises from the dead and becomes the one god. Because he can't be Ragnarok. killed. Yeah, because uh, he well, you can't kill him. You just need mistletoe. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought Loki killed him. No, well, that no, 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 no. Loki tricked uh, his brother into killing him. Thor? No, Loki tricked um, I forgot who Baldur's brother uh, into okay. killing him. I'm trying to remember the the brother's name. But after that happened, everybody just chased after Loki. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was basically a dude not funny moment and yeah. damn it Loki <laughs> he tried to turn Try into again. a snake they found him he turned into a fish they found him and then uh, he basically got the Prometheus punishment uh, in which he always had poison being dripped into his eyes if you don't want a guy to do that you shouldn't make him the god of chaos he's not the god of chaos though um, because here's the thing like I said a lot of it because here's the thing. Odin is not the All-Father. He's not. Because Christians do that. Oh, he must be the god. You know. No, 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 no. Odin was not the leader of the gods. All he cared about was secrets and finding out information. Yeah, knowledge. But he had no interest in ruling anything. None. Reminds me of one of the myths in which um, uh, he, he did a, a knowledge test with, with a demon who... You know, he challenged him not knowing it was Odin, and Odin says, ah, it's me. And he, the demon goes, oh, shit. And, you know, uh, what's it called? He says, okay, you win if you can answer this one question. What did I whisper in Baldur's ear after he died? And, of course, the demon doesn't know this because no one knows what happened then. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. So Odin is not God, and he's not he's not even Zeus. He's, he's just, he's just a, a one-eyed guy who likes to find out secrets. He's also kind of a jerk. Yeah. And, um, oh, by the way, remember, Thor has red hair. He does not have blonde hair. He has red hair. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to Sony and all that stuff. Oh, um, the other thing is that uh, European Union approved of the merger. China approved of the merger. And now the, uh, and now the UK MP is screaming at CMA to get this shit done. <laughs> So everybody's approving except for the U.S. and the U.K. And basically the U.S. Uh, the FCC is going to try and sue 
And I think they might go uh, try and sue, even if even if they know they'll lose, because they want to be able to say we sued. Um, and the thing that everybody's worried about, you know, Microsoft having streaming, it's only for Xbox. They made it quite clear it's not it's not PC. We're only streaming Xbox stuff. You know how low a percentage that is. I mean, U- EU is worried that it might happen like Microsoft did with Windows, and now everybody has a Windows. Well, everybody seriously has a Windows software unless you're Apple. Or you have Linux because you're a hipster. Um, so it, it, they just don't want that to happen again. I don't think that'll happen. And like I said, imagine if Google actually put effort into streaming. Actual yeah. effort. Who is going to pay for a streaming service and then pay full price for games to stream on it? Yeah. You're not going to buy... Uh, uh, you're not going to subscribe to a streaming service that actually purchase Doom. Uh, uh, what was the second one? Um, uh, Doom, Doom Eternal. Eternal. Yeah, no one's going to do that. Yeah. Just offer Doom Eternal for free. People will do that. No. It could have been. It could have been good, but Google just fucked it up. Amazon's going to try <laughs> their hand. I think Apple is starting to try their own hand at it too. I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah. Because um, I don't think physical will ever go away. And even with uh, downloading games onto you, I think physical will never go away. And just like that, I don't think consoles will go uh, will, will die to streaming either. People will always want a physical box. You know, with Google Stadia, at least people told me whether they liked it or not when it came to certain games. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything good or bad about Amazon Luna. I don't know anyone who's ever even tried it. Does that does it even exist? I keep yeah, it does. Um, well, here, kind of, sort of. Right it's now, available to buy and use. And it's basically a streaming service for PC games. Yeah, it's the same idea too. You get like a controller, and then you have a dongle, and you plug it into something, and you have access to it. On the other hand, Amazon hasn't have is it, doesn't have the testicles to make people buy the games as well. No, you have the streaming service, and you have this. Go ahead, have fun. Yeah, it's ba- it's built a lot like uh, Nvidia Shield. Anyways, um, we're gonna move on to the next item. And TJ, I'm pretty sure you know all about the Agita about Overwatch 2 PVE. Uh, it's been the big news that's been all week. So take this one item, <laughs> TJ. <laughs> Cancelled Overwatch 2 PVE mode was meant to lead to an M- to an MMO from PlayStation Lifestyle. Earlier this week, Blizzard Entertainment canceled the Overwatch 2 PvE mode, Hero Missions. As it turns out, those missions were part of a bigger now next plan. In fact, the PvE Hero Missions were step two of a three-step plan that would have led to a new MMO. Back in 2013, a first-person shooter MMO called Project Titan was canceled at Blizzard Entertainment, although it wasn't publicly announced until 2014. Several members of the development team were moved to a new team called Team 4 and were set to work on Overwatch. However, they still considered themselves to be an MMO team, and they came up with a three-step plan to get themselves back into developing MMOs. The first step was to use Project Titan assets to create Overwatch, which <laughs> turned out to be a runaway hit. It's hilarious. The second step was to, of the plan was a dedicated version of PvE, which was meant to be a combination of hero missions and story missions in Overwatch 2. Does this sound familiar? I'm just asking. <laughs> uh, Fortnite. 
Eventually, this would lead to an MMO that would be a true realization of the original vision of Project Titan. So what went wrong? According to Overwatch 2's current game director, Aaron Keller, the team wasn't as focused as we should have been on a game that was a runaway hit and focused too much on a plan that they couldn't get to work anymore. The result is a new roadmap for Overwatch 2, which still includes the story missions alongside co-op content. Yeah, there's some of us who really preferred Fortnite Save the World when it was actually Fortnite. And then they made Fortnite uh, 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 Battle Royale, and then the tail started wagging the dog, and everybody started playing Battle Royale. So the Battle Royale became Fortnite, and Fort and the single-player Fortnite became Fortnite Save the World or something like that. I forgot the sub- – and then they just dumped that. I remember reviewing Overwatch 2 and thinking, huh, this is like half the game, and I guess I'll just review the other half when it comes out. Because right now, it's just Overwatch 1 with a new hat. And, man, I would have been so much harsher on that game if I'd known the second half of the game was never coming. Four Um, years is a long time to tell people that you have something under control before you tell them that that you don't have it under control and it's never happening. Well, that's your thing. I mean, before this article, I mean, there's a lot of outcry about the PvE part being dumped. A lot of people are upset. As they as they should be, it's half the game. It's half the promised game. Like, I do not understand. Like, I, I'm sure that to a certain degree, like, scope gets out of control and Activision Blizzard has been through some crazy shit as it tries to dump toxicity and get in or bury it under fucking Bobby Kotick. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, like, four years... For years, they continued to push that uh, that idea that this PV we're, we're gonna get it ready. It's coming. Don't worry about it. We're gonna launch the game. You can enjoy the game while we figure it out. It's on the way. For four years, that's a long time to lie. You know what's interesting is that Electronic Arts and other publishers are starting to realize that people really, really, really like single player content. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, people like to play by themselves. Yes. Because here's the thing, I, I don't know if people understand, the, uh, a lot of publishers understand this. You know that you really can't play a board game by yourself. Well, you can if there's a single-player mode. But video games are the one place in which you don't feel like there's anything taken away when, you have, when you're just playing by yourself. Right. You don't have a teammate. When you don't have some people to play with. I mean, for sometimes, a while ago, you know, when I was playing board games, like, I don't know, I can't, I can't hang out with anybody. You know, I'll just play some video games. Yeah. And it took up, and EA was on a wrong, was on the wrong track for a long time with that. Too. Thank you, John Richatello. It took Star Wars, the first Star Wars Jedi, for them to finally realize that. Oh, even oh, before we that, can make a lot of money on this. We just have to come up with a good idea and implement it well. Oh, even before that, um, stuff like, oh, what's the name of that game in which you play a ball of twine? Uh, oh God, I can't forget. I, I can't believe I forgot this game. Intertwined or something like that. Yeah. You know the game I'm talking about, right? They started releasing these, you know, they they started... Uh, here's the thing. The real catalyst was when SimCity was just thoroughly trashed. And, yeah. and everybody started playing City Skylines, and it's like, holy shit. Want to play that? You want to play City Skylines? It's a single-player game. Oh, my God, look how much it's selling. Let's start looking into this single-player thing. They kicked John Richitello out and started to do a lot of... and. I still am baffled. Well, I'm not totally baffled by Sony saying, we're going to make 10 uh, 
uh, uh, live service games in four years. Who and wants that? Like five. Like, well, like five live service games got shuttered at the beginning, like in the first half of this year. Really? Uh, that that's not surprising. Because here's the thing: how many? I'm going to tell you this. I, I'm pretty sure for a lot of people, there's only room for one live service game in their life. Maybe yeah. two. Maybe and for two. a lot of them, it's Destiny or Fortnite. <laughs> like Fortnite, like the, yeah. the, the the mega titans that have already established themselves and are not going anywhere. I mean, Fallout 76. As much as people like to bash on it, it's they they've made it into a game that has a devoted fan base now. Yeah. And the thing is that live service games demand attention. They demand attention. They demand, hey, you have to come back tomorrow and play me. And you're not going to do that for a bunch of games. Yeah, I can't play games that demand my attention, that much of my attention. That's why I stopped playing stuff like World of Warcraft. Unless his name is Zelda, we know. <laughs> I can stop playing Zelda anytime and come back yes, and I nothing know. will change. Oh, God, unless it's a Tamagotchi, then it really demands your attention. Ugh. Hey, uh, that's another thing. I downloaded the Disney game, um, you know, the Disney version of uh, of uh, Animal Crossing. I haven't started it yet, but I'm going to try it out. Yeah, a lot of people like that one. Have you played it, TJ? Which one? Disney's uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, no. I uh, Dreamlight Valley. Yeah. I have a friend who uh, loves that game. Yeah, I downloaded it. It's on Game Pass. I'm going to give it a whirl. You should ask Paul about it. I bet he plays it. Mm-hmm. Just because he he worked for Disney? <laughs> Isn't he a huge fan of Disney stuff? I thought he liked the Disney. Uh, yeah, well, he also worked for Disney, too. He, he did uh, uh, that Tinkerbell game. The uh, Disney Facebook. Fairies. The t- Disney, no, it's a website. Disney oh, okay. Fairies. Oh, damn, what was it called? Something Hollow? Fairy Hollow? Something like yeah, that? Yeah. So, I thought there was something uh, about the Olympic pens or something. Um, I think so. I'm not sure. All I know is that I had to wait and he waited a couple of hours online at E3 just to get some uh, some things for the uh, Disney version of, you know, the uh, live play game, you know, Toys to Life game. And then he sold all of them because Disney abandoned it. That's just sad. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Disney abandoned their Toys to Life uh, line. Yeah, that is unfortunate. I mean, uh, Nintendo still has it, but only because they're able to incorporate it into Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Well, all their games, you can uh, scan the Amiibos for bonuses. So yes, yeah, even right now, you can use pretty much every Zelda Amiibo that yep, has ever come out to unlock stuff. Here's the kingdom. Wow. So I'm pretty sure Paul still has his Amiibos. Yep. I heard that so the you. Luigi Amiibo is hard to get. That's funny. Luigi is uh, Luigi is a silly one with his. Uh, they, with his I, I like Luigi. They they should have. I'm pretty sure they have a Wa Luigi uh, amiibo somewhere. Luigi. You know, you guys Wa- see the Mario movie. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It's Illumination. I knew exactly what to expect, and I was bored to tears. How dare! Um, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> it's Illumination. Anyways, there was. I, I knew what I was in for, but there was a couple surprises that got me giggling. I don't. Here's the thing. I'm not your typical nerd in which I don't get off on seeing references and Easter eggs. I don't give two shits about that. It was just a fun movie. I like the, uh, the Take Me Off song when they were racing with Donkey Kong. I thought that was fun. Anyways, um, getting back to Overwatch. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. I, this, what's the status right now in Overwatch 2, really? People still play it, but a lot of people are pissed about it all the time. <laughs> like, that is the best I can tell you about it, is that I see that people still play it frequently, but also I never... When I go on Twitter and, or Facebook and hear anything about it, it is nothing but complaining. I've never seen anyone... I, I haven't seen I, too many people say nice things about Overwatch 2. That's funny. I always hear the same thing about Halo, but people still play Halo. It's, people love to complain sometimes, you know? I mean, here, yeah. you're not having... Oh, by the way, uh, they're finally including multiplayer into uh, Halo Infinite single player. And that's the thing that you were talking about, Jonah, where, like, a lot of people only have time in their lives for one live service game. And so, even if it sucks, it's kind of... If, if that's the one that you go... that you gravitate towards, if that's the one that your friends play on, it's probably easier to just sit there and complain about the one that you that you won't leave than uh, try to start a new one. Yeah, at least at least Halo is cross platform, so you can play on PC, Steam, or or Xbox. Yeah, I think you can do that with Overwatch 2. I'm not sure. Speaking of cross platform, uh, Super Mega Baseball 4 is going to be cross platform as well, which is nice. For those who don't know, we talked about it in the last episode. And I think I've had enough of MLB the show. I think I want to rather play Super Ma- uh, Super Mega Baseball for. Yeah. I hope they get. I hope they uh, they Knock iron out, out some of the. <laughs> well, I hope I hope they iron out some of the issues that they've had in the past when they were indie. Now that they've got some PA money behind them. The, the, the problems I had with three were basically it wasn't much different than two, except it took a you know. It, Hopefully there's uh, – here's the thing. It's been a long time between 3 and 4, so I'm pretty sure that they've been working a lot and adding a lot to Super Mega Baseball 4 this time around. You can't import your your, your 2 and 3 teams. That's fine. Just start over. But um, I'm looking forward to it because the characters are goofy, but the gameplay is really, really good. Yeah. Anyways, you can look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with the industry news and our Gaming History articles. We enjoy feedback, so let's blog at our, leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charred Remore. And we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. <laughs>